Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Tuesday, the 12th of September. And although it looked like we were going to have a flyer first thing this morning, futures were up 7. NASDAQ was up over 1%. I'm afraid it hasn't quite turned out as fabulously as hoped. And the market is down 32 at its low of the day. Westpac consumer confidence numbers just popped out there, down 1.5%. Not exactly bullish, but I don't think that's pushing the market around. We have most of the major big industrials like Telstra down 1.5%, Macquarie down 1.5%, Aristocrat Leisure down 1%. And we've got the oil price just shading after its recent rally. We've got Woodside down 1.7%, Santos down 1.9%. Santos is just priced an 850 million US dollar bond and Woodside's got an announcement about an MOU for a carbon capture and storage value chain between Japan and Australia. I don't think that's why they're down today though. But the excitement overnight was twofold and one is and both have played into our hands today because we have an ideas portfolio holding resources stocks. We've got the BHP portfolio now holding BHP and we are holding the long NASDAQ and the FAN. ETF. And overnight, we saw resources and tech both getting a bit of a kick along. Do the tech first. You've probably seen Tesla up 10% overnight. And I find this very interesting. We, of course, have been getting AI fatigue. But here we have Morgan Stanley declaring that Tesla, which has built a supercomputer called Dojo to manage the see and react AI technology for driverless cars. They're spending a billion on that supercomputer next year. And here we have Morgan Stanley suggesting by 2040, that capability, that software service will be generating as much as $330 billion worth of turnover and will account for 60% of earnings for Tesla. In other words, it's not just a overpriced, it's on a PE of 58 It's not just an overpriced car manufacturer. It is, in fact, an AI company, and it will be using its AI capability not just for itself, but it will be contracting it out to robo-taxis, amongst other things, and other software services. And on the back of that, Morgan Stanley, on the back of the AI potential for Tesla, Morgan Stanley upped their target price by 60% and currently have a target price on Tesla 76% above the current share price. Now, you might think Morgan Stanley is alone and this is a one-day wonder, but let me tell you, if history is anything to go by, other brokers will be very interested in what they've had to say and will be jumping on the bandwagon. So this could drive it for a little while. This is why the Nasdaq was up 1% overnight whilst the Dow Jones was up just 0.25%. Dow Jones up 87 overnight. S&P 500, by the way, up 0.67% overnight. So NASDAQ was up 1.14%. So it was all about Tesla. And some of the other FANG stocks, Meta up 3.2%. Amazon up 3.5% overnight. So a little bit of tech momentum. We, of course, hold LNAS, Long NASDAQ, and FANG, which is the 10 big FANG stocks in the US. We hold both of those in our ideas portfolio. They are up 1.4%, both of them today. Had hoped I'd get a better result than that. But let's see if this tech enthusiasm builds the FANG chart in solid uptrend. 
the LNAS chart, a little bit more volatile, but looking okay. I'm not sure those sort of derivative instruments like ETFs really work off charts because they're being driven by 10 big stocks in the case of the FANG or the NASDAQ in the case of LNAS. So we need to look at 10 charts for FANG and the NASDAQ chart for LNAS. Anyway, the other thing flying along today was resources, which is good. All the resources holdings in the ideas portfolio up today, not by a heck of a lot, it has to be said, half a percent to two and a half percent or so. And BHP up 0.4% today. We hold it in the BHP only portfolio. So glad to see that. That was on the back of the iron ore price up 4%. Actually, if you read this morning, it was up a couple of percent because it was up 2% yesterday. So it depends on what period you're looking at. But from one morning to the next up 4%, but from last night up 2%. And that's coming on the back of a combination of factors driving a bit of Chinese economic optimism at the moment. I've mentioned them yesterday. There were the CPI numbers at the weekend, which grew rather than fell. China is worrying about deflation, not inflation. But a positive CPI number was read as a sign of encouragement for the economy. There were also some credit financing numbers out yesterday, which showed more lending to particularly local government financing vehicles, which are the mechanism through which the government or the central bank passes messages to the economy. They borrowed more than expected. And there are also also some moves by the Chinese government to support the yuan currency. All enough for one economist, one Chinese-based economist to say the data we're seeing now suggests or shows that the economy's slump may be slowing in coming months. BHP was up 2.8% overnight in the US, so that's obviously helped us, but it hasn't really followed through today. After our initial markup, we were up 15 at one point this morning. We're now down 34, so it hasn't followed through at all. The other notable change overnight was the Aussie dollar was up 1% yesterday. It's down 0.2% in the session today. And the US dollar index was down 0.55% overnight. And that brings us to the third driver today, which is the hopes for the CPI number on Wednesday night, tomorrow night. And there does seem to be a vibe that it will continue to tell us that the post-pandemic inflation boom is past its peak. And I've got a chart in my section today. If you have a look at that, you'll see that inflation peaked in the third quarter of last year, beginning of the fourth quarter of last year, and has been going down ever since at the core level and at the headline level. The headline number on Wednesday is expected to show a small rise because the energy or the oil price has gone up in July, but the core CPI number is expected to drop. The expectation is the core number drops from 4.3%, sorry, from 4.7% to 4.3%. That number doesn't include food or energy prices, of course. So if we continue to see that, then surely at some point the market is going, or bond yields are going to peak out and the market's going to get into its head that the worst is over for not just inflation, but interest rates. And if you look at this chart, on what planet would you have to be to believe that we aren't past the peak on inflation and the interest rate peak has to follow surely? So optimistic, but as you know, we're still in cash in the strategy portfolio. I would want to see a material peak, a meaningful pivot point in the 10-year bond yield and the two-year bond yield, well, every bond yield in the US before we really got excited that 
the peak in interest rates and the peak rates narrative could kick off a bull market. It's a bit hopeful to think that will start tomorrow night, but we can but hope. It's been a pretty dull couple of years. I don't know whether you've heard me say, but the market is down 6% from the post-pandemic peak and we have gone nowhere since the pre-pandemic peak. And I can tell you for nothing, from the stock market industry point of view, which is brokers, fund managers, newsletters, it is not a market dropping that causes pain for the industry. It is the market going nowhere for a long period of time, and that's what we've had now, two years of going sideways. So the pandemic was actually very good for the stock market, if you think about it. The market fell about 35% in about 30 days. That doesn't up set the market, doesn't upset the stock market industry, just creates a whole load of opportunity. But when you stand back and see an equity market that's gone sideways for two and a half years, that is what causes a disinterest in the stock market. It's cyclical, it'll come back, but there's a disinterest in the stock market. And you can see that if you look at something like self-wealth, self-wealth, SWF is the code. That was a stock that boomed, of course, during the COVID-inspired ramp up in stock market interest. That stock in March 2020 was sitting at 10 cents. It rallied to 80 cents, 82 cents in fact, and is now back to 16 cents. They are an online trading platform. More traditional stuff, Bell Financial Group. I used to work at Bell's, of course. I reckon I could make a living just trading Bell's because I know the stockbroking industry and when it's booming and when it's not, and it's clearly not booming at the moment. If you want to see the the level of interest in the stock market, pick on a stock market stock like Macquarie, but another more acute one is something like BFG. And that was trading under 57, no, under 50 cents in the pandemic low and rallied to a dollar. 80 by the end of the year. That's now back to a dollar and trending down. So if you're losing interest in the stock market because there's no easy money, don't worry. It is just the industry. It does turn around at some point. And as every stockbroker knows, the game is to stay as cheerful as possible until the boom comes along. I remember listening to an old stockbroker on Osbiz once, and he said a lovely line. He said, my wife and I are just hoping that there'll be one more boom before I retire. And that's the case for you as investors as well. You get periods in the market which are fabulous opportunities where the market has great momentum and you have to make hay while the sun shines. Everybody says it's all about long-term investment. There are some moments in the market which just can't be missed. There are also some moments in the market you have to avoid, have to avoid that people don't. They just buy and hold Not selling is one of the worst failures of the at-home investor. Anyway, just have a look. If If you're wondering the level of interest in the stock market, just bang up the SWF price or the BFG price and you'll see at the moment there's no interest. So we just have to sit it out. It will come again. It always does, but it's not here right now. And there we go. In the small companies portfolio, Henry's portfolio, you'll see from Reuters yesterday that Gina Reinhart has bought herself some more shares in Liontown, taken her 4.9% stake up to 7.72%, might seek a position on the board. She also holds, or Hancock Prospecting is the holder, which is her vehicle. They also hold Patriot Battery Metals, PMT, and Delta Lithium DLI. Delta Lithium's up today. I think they've had a management change. In fact, a lot 
lot of the lithium stocks looking a little bit fruitier today. Pilbara Minerals coming back a little bit, up 2.2%. Despite that, Lion Town is down 1% today. Latin Resources had a bit of a bad day yesterday, recovering today up 7%. Talga up 1% today, beginning construction of their Swedish anode refinery. A few ex-dividends today. Bluescope Steel, BSL, Levisa. You see those share prices down, that's why. Ex-dividend tomorrow, Medibank Private. A lot of you hold those. And Brambles and Breville and AX1 as well. CPI tomorrow night, ECB decision on Thursday. Let's just look through some of the headlines today. Select Harvest optimistic about the outlook. Consumer sentiment falls 1.5% in September. There you go. Chris Ellison, founder of Mineral Resources, joins Delta Lithium as non-executive chairman. Fever Energy down 5%. Suggestions in the AFR that one of their shareholders, Vitol, Swiss-based, might be selling a $500 million stake. Novanix up 14%. Don't know why. I have had a look for that. Probably get emails now. Some of the gold stocks up. One broker upgrades their gold price forecasts. A dollar has its best gain in six weeks. Lots of stuff about Tesla and that's about it. Right, where are we? We are now down 22 as I leave you. We've had a low of down 37. We've been up 15. Dow futures down 33. NASDAQ futures down 0.2 of a percent. We need a bit more than that. Updates of our portfolios in my section today. Welcome today to Oliver and Lorraine who've joined Marcus today. Oliver will be an editor writer taking the pressure off me finally. Buckling a bit with Henry away. No, I'm not at all. I love it. And Lorraine will be on the phone, on the emails, our customer services manager joining us today. If you come across her, welcome her to the fold. That's about that. You have a good day. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you.